Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. I am so honored to have with us today, Jennifer Kemp. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Kelly's so pumped to be here. Yeah. So you have been shaping the entrepreneurial space for quite a while now. I've always respected your brand. You have been showing up, doing the work and leading women around the globe for years now. And uh, it's, it's quite an honor to have you on the show. Just to start with, want to say that. I feel the same. I feel the same about you, Kelly. I appreciate it. I, I love just speaking to another unstoppable woman uh, who is so committed to impact like you. So thanks for having me on. For sure. And my favorite thing is to connect with women that I like to say have kind of gone rogue. And I think you're one of those women. Uh, what I have always loved about your brand is that it's, you're really peerless. Like you, you have the conversation that you're having with the market is always unique to you. And there's no like second, they're, they're like you're your own you you've owned your own space and and mm -hmm. I find that really inspiring and intriguing and really important for women I think you know with the amount of of you know market saturation and the growth of the online world there's this massive opportunity in front of us right now and yet a lot of people are getting lost in the shuffle right? They're getting lost Absolutely. in the shuffle. And I think one thing that you have done exceptionally well and really paved the path for women uh, for many years, Jennifer, because I've been watching your brand for forever, is that you're never afraid to just have a unique conversation and be really real with people. And the reason why your brand has stood out, and I've watched you continue to rise through so many different cycles and changes in the online marketing world. But I think the thing that's been so consistent is that you're always having your own conversation. Like you're doing your own thing. You're having your own conversation with your market. People know they can come to you for like the tough love, the real deal. It's always been that way. And I think today it would be great for us to have a conversation about the confidence that it takes to be that woman, to be that leader that you have been for so long. Because I think right now more than ever, women need to understand, number one, obviously the power of opportunity that's in front of us right now. But, but the flip side of that is, you can't capitalize on that opportunity trying to be a replica of someone else in the market, right? Absolutely. It, it's having the courage to be authentically and uniquely you. And you have been really dedicating this year to really instilling that confidence in people. So why don't you talk a little bit about kind of one, some of the things that are shaping and shifting the conversations that you're having with the market right now and you know how you kind of latched onto this idea, especially in 2020, of focusing on confidence with the women that you're really working to elevate. Mm -hmm. I love what you said and thanks, Kelly. I think that I was just talking about this yesterday. So this is such perfect timing. I was talking about we get this in this time in the world, what an incredible opportunity to create. There's unlimited real estate basically available to us in the thing called the World Wide Web, right? Um, literally, you know, the old way, and it's still a great way to make money, is real estate, right? But the digital landscape is now allowing us to plant our flag anywhere in the on the internet and create our own zip code around our own expertise, our own value, our own way to help people get what they want. Because ultimately, 
why we're here, why we're entrepreneurs in my mind is not just to make an impact, but to help people get what they want. And, and so I think the flip side of that, to your point, it's such a, it's such a cluster because on the other side of that coin, um, that is the opportunity and that pays us is that it's so easy to look around. You just peek up, not just outside of your computer, but like on your computer, on your mobile device, there's so many people that it looks like they're doing what you're doing. And so it causes this chasm of confidence in us, right? That goes, I mean, are we, who are we to be that person when there are so many other options out there? You know, why would anyone choose me? And I think that's the biggest hurdle that women, especially if they could understand that actually there is no limit to people needing you. Um, and what you have to offer and the value that you provide. The biggest problem on that journey is the journey between your ears. You know, I always say like, you're about six inches to success, right? It's like, you know, where you want to be and where you want to go is like the length of your ears, uh, the between your ears. And so I think that's the biggest problem I've seen. And, and, And what it comes down to is being able to message what you do, um, in a way that, I'm really against this whole idea of like USP, this unique service or, or, or that, you know, that unique serving proposition that people talk about, because I think people think, oh, I got to be like the most different. And I'm actually, what I see has worked for me personally. And for all the people that I have the, the honor to work with and help is that it's really about dialing it back to you. Like you don't have to create some weird thing that you're constructing. You can actually build something that is based on your story and your values and then create solutions that create a bridge for people wanting it. And it's actually that simple, but we complicate it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. There's actually been a really strange and, and weird thing. And I talk about this a lot where I think people started being taught in the market that in order to stand out, if they come up with the most interesting name for what they call what they do or the the most descriptive title for the work that they do and it got to a point jennifer where like it was unrecognizable it was like what do you do like who do you work with how do you help people and people thought that that was a method it was like exactly what you just described there was like almost like creating something besides what they already are instead of looking inward and saying no but who am i really and how does what i did in the past and who i am who, do, who does that speak to? Who, is, who does that make me uniquely qualified to serve? And I really like what you said about unique serving proposition because it used to be USP, you know, unique selling proposition. And, and I feel like in this moment, especially going through what we've seen in 2020, um, customer service is down at like an all-time low. It's horrendous. And whenever that happens, there is a massive opportunity right? And so I think what you're saying here is come back to center, right? Focus on serving, be who you really are, right? And, and so what are some of the things that you're really encouraging uh, women to do when you see that maybe they're struggling with looking up and looking around and being like, I have to be so different in order to step into my greatness. And you're like, no, actually you need to be you. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I love this. I love this conversation. I just want to say, because I think it's so critical. We need more women leaders in the world is period. Like the, if we could just balance it out, you know, I'm not looking to eliminate the other side. What I'm looking is to like, not just have a seat at the table, but build our own. And first advantage I think we have as women is that 
we can outcare the competition. Okay. And so we have that built into us. You know, even if you're an what somebody might call a type A or ambitious woman, which I am absolutely that type of person. And Kelly, that's how I see you too. Um, doesn't mean that the part of us that nurtures and cares uh, isn't an ambitious advantage, actually. Yes. Instead of looking at it as like, oh, I struggle to be feminine or masculine. I hear a lot of that conversation too. And I'm like, we're both right? And it's okay to embody both and everything in between. And so an advantage that you can have is outcare the competition. I love that you said, you know, customer service is down. You know, this year is not like any year before it right. in the rise of technology and digital marketing and digital businesses. Because when people, like a lot of people think, oh, I got to build a funnel and I got to build all these complicated, as you said, messaging and funnels and things. And I'm like, actually just out care the competition, care a little bit more um, about engaging your community, the community that you're building, let them see a part of you that you think you don't have to do. Cause I understand the transition. I came from the corporate world. You know, I spent over a decade in the corporate world. My last job was as a VP of marketing for Verizon. And I had to unlearn and unbutton myself a little bit yeah. so that I could show um, that I gave a care, you know, that I cared about people uh, because it was more cutthroat, frankly, in the corporate world. Yeah. I felt like I needed to be more not caring, if you will, and just so that I could get that corner office. And so yeah. it's, it's a shift and a change when you become an entrepreneur and especially an entrepreneur who's very ambitious. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, uh, the second thing, oh, sorry, go ahead. One thing that you said there that was, that was really just poignant that I want to highlight for everyone. We, we actually talk about something called the care more model as a mm. way to the market. And it's, it's speaking to what you said. Um, but I've never heard anyone say, translate that ambitious nature because the, let's be honest, the people that listen to my show, like, right. We're, we're unstoppables, right? So we're aggressive. We're ambitious. We are, you know, you and I are similar in, in that, but taking that ambition and channeling that into the way that you're servicing the people who have already said yes is huge. So I just wanted to highlight and underline that point that you made, because I think that's really, really powerful. And I haven't heard anyone say it in that way. And I think for you women that are really looking to step into that leadership realm in your market, understanding that, you know, you can be a leader in acquiring clients, but if you can be a leader in keeping them, that puts you in a whole different space. Right. That part right there. I have to say, Kelly, a lot, I mean, acquisition is great, but retention is where the big money is. And it's the, it's the, it's the profitability model. And so we get so caught up again, especially online, online businesses typically think acquisition is the most important thing. And it is very important. Obviously you need to be visible and you need to be making offers every dang day. Okay. Um, and when I say that you can automate and systemize that, but it's also about like, if you can't keep the customer, if you're not looking at your long-term value, not just of their wallet share, but your long-term value to the marketplace, um, you have a very short-term view of your business. And I think it's really important that us aggressive types, um, you know, remember that that part is just, in fact, I would argue even more important than the acquisition part. Because once actually getting clients is easy when you're aggressive, okay? When you're aggressive and you're like on it and you're unstoppable, getting clients is actually easier. But, keep, but because we get a lot of... Um, excitement out of that part in a, you know, like, oh, wow, I can help these people. I can help these people. And 
one of my biggest mistakes, frankly, early on in my entrepreneurial career, even though I've built three eight-figure businesses, was that piece was like, oh, I'm not, I forgot that retention is more important than even acquisition. And so it's easy to change. It's easy to unlearn that uh, very quickly if, if you realize it, if it's pointed out to you. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take us down a, a rabbit hole, but I just, I thought what you said there was so, so important. And especially with what I'm seeing in the market right now, that divide of the focus on what you just said, again, the long term is so, so critical right now. And most people are thinking in five minute increments. We need people thinking in five, 10, 15 year increments. And, and that, that's the play that's going to keep you. And I mean, you just shared, you built three eight figure businesses. Well, guess what? You don't build three eight figure businesses and then keep rising as a brand leader and an influencer. And I mean, a real influencer, not, not the new age influencer, the old influencer. Um, if you are not keeping customers, if you're yes. not serve and deliver and, and look for new ways to continue to add value beyond what that initial, you know, touch point was. Right. Yeah. No, you're, that's exactly right, Kelly. I mean, when I also think about being, um, like setting a, carving out a space for yourself in the market, that's yes. really distinct that people recognize that people start trusting because they see that you show up consistently, as you said in my intro, which I really appreciate that you see that. Cause sometimes you forget, even as a, a type person, you're just doing your thing. Yes. And I think that's yes. the main thing is do your thing. And one of the ways that we can, uh, I have a structure to it actually for people who, who, are looking for some way to structureize it. It's like people love stories, but you know, I also think in this industry, people are telling the wrong stories. They're telling the stories that they think are provocative and evocative and they get worried, should I tell all that? And I'm like, there's a difference between authenticity and transparency. They are not the same thing, okay? Um, especially for women. And so we don't have to show everything, not because we're trying to keep it from people, but because if it's not serving the audience, yeah. then you're sharing the wrong stories. Does that make, you know what I mean? I, I think people- I feel that completely. I talk about that. I, I feel like there's been this whole movement of, of being authentic and it's been misinterpreted like in a big yes. way. Oh. Not helpful for us and it's not helpful for the audience. Like yes. what you said, it's, it's does, does it actually add value for the yes. people that are absorbing it, right? Correct. There's nuance and discernment. That's the mark of a true leader is understanding that there's discernment and nuance in everything. Nothing is truly on one side or the other, even if you have strong belief systems or values around specific topics, there's still nuance in everything because we're human beings, right? We're not just one type of person. Um, and I, I want to talk about stories because I think, again, that's a differentiator. I always say like, do you know your approachability and your authority stories? Those are the two stories that matter the most in your business growth and your visibility. And so an authority story is pretty obvious. It's what do you have expertise in? You know, what could you say, you know, you've accomplished for me? One of my authority stories is I'm not like every other person online because I, I worked in corporate. I, I say, I'm a, I'm a seasoned chicken, not a spring chicken, you know, um, <laughs> partly, you know, if you want to, you know, when you choose, let's say our company to help you, it's because you appreciate that that wisdom came, you know, came through various, um, uh, definitely like playing on the field pretty hard and, and also in different industries. You know, I, I built an eight figure business in retail first and then 
when the uh, stock market crashed in 2008, I lost everything. And, and, and I decided to build a consulting business that I turned into a 10, you know, eight figure business and then uh, create an online learning campus. So these are like the three different categories that I built these businesses in. And that's one of my authority stories. It's yeah. like, okay, you know, and then there's the approachability story, which I just told you one, which is I lost everything in 2008. So my ego, I didn't just lose all my money. I lost like all my confidence. You know, I was catatonic for three months. And if you really knew me, uh, you would know that that's not normal for me. You know, I'm always like, I was always like the resilient one, you know, um, yeah. I can figure things yeah. out, you know, unstoppable <laughs> to use Kelly's yeah. words, you know, <laughs> and that thing stuck, you know, like it was the first time I had eaten so much crow. Um, and I didn't know how to recover. I, I, for once in my life, I had no, I didn't have the answer and I didn't know how to be like that. And I'm so grateful for that happening to me because without that happening, I might've been in a business. If the 2008 recession hadn't happened, I actually started to hate my business right before it fell apart. I was like, why did I get into retail? It's mm -hmm. such a hard business just mm -hmm. for so many reasons. I have nothing against it. I actually admire anyone who's running a retail or restaurant business um, because it's such hard work. And I was like, this thing is not fun anymore. And when I started to realize, oh, actually I can start to package my expertise in consulting at the time, um, you know, it, it really changed everything for me. So that's an example of an approachability story. Like I'm not superhuman. I have superhuman tendencies because I'm unstoppable, but I'm still a, you know, red-blooded human being that leads like everyone else and, and hurts like everyone else. I just, I recover quicker but you learn how to recover quickly once you start actually having some failures under your belt. You know what I mean? Because up until that point, Kelly, I can honestly say I didn't have many failures on my professional life. I had many in my personal life, let's just be clear, but not in my professional <laughs> life. And so it was like, okay, um, wow. And so this is kind of two of my main anchor stories um, that I use when I'm talking to people and then they get to decide if they resonate with the story. They also trust it. And then that makes them choose, you know, your business over the other. So if you get good at storytelling in an intentional way to create trust, uh, that's a, that's a real advantage that you can have uh, to yeah. create confidence. Yeah. I really like that distinction between the authority story and, and that, that that's really helpful for people. And I think also, I appreciate you kind of pulling out that nuance about discerning between the things that are shareable and add value for the audience and don't, because I, I think that's gone a little off the rails the last couple oh, of years. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's, it's all about shock and provo provocation. And yeah. I get that. And if that's on brand for you, then fine. If you're like a Howard Stern type or a Gary Vee type, you know, or, or a reality TV show type, and that's part of your brand for the work you do, that's perfect. Fine. So I'm not going to judge that. But for those of us that want like you don't want to run a business. We want to create boundaries. We want people to be clear on how we can help them. You don't need to be that shocking to be effective. You know, you just need to be honest. Yeah. Agreed. I, I totally agree. So you've done so much and you, you've obviously gone the whole, the whole spectrum. What are you most excited about in terms of the landscape that you see right now and kind of where you want to lead your organization into the future? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I gotta say even prior to, you know, at the timing of this recording, it's during the pandemic, I had predicted three years ago that something big was going to happen. Uh, definitely 
a recession of some type. And I said, you know, I'm so glad I went through the recession, you know, in yeah. 2008 because it prepared me cash flow wise and making strategic moves and having and developing that, as you said, long-term mindset, not just the short-term gains. You yeah. need to have both, right? You need to have cash infusion in your business and you need to have a long-term view and protect your business from yeah. invaders, if you will, like the pandemic has, has created. So what I'm excited about is this is the time where the next big eight, nine and 10 figure business leaders are gonna emerge. Like yes. 12 years from now, all of us that know better will be taking bigger risks, um, yeah. getting the right community around us. And, and that was the change that I made in 2008. And I think that's what's made me so successful today, truly. Like the recession created the success I have. Yeah. And so what I see is if you have the attitude of creation from this time where the world is needing leadership more than ever, not just in politics or anything like that, although we definitely need that as well, but more in ourselves and our willingness to, um, again, create value with a long-term view and to also leave this world um, better than how we found it, right? And so, I mean, so many people I know that were with me in 2008, most of them went back to jobs, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. My entrepreneurial friends yeah. um, went back and I'm the only one that still is the crazy entrepreneur that wanted to <laughs> not have anybody like controlling my future except for me. And, and that's what I see is I see women, first of all, wow. Like there is not, it's all, it's going to just continue to be better because we're all blazing a trail for the generation after us and the generation after. But this is our time to really make that huge mark. The last time women did that in a big way was during the suffrage movement. Yeah. Um, and now it's like this huge pivot um, in the world of business, in the world of lifestyle, in the world of um, parenting, in the world yeah. of, you know, all the things. And so what I'm excited about and where my company is going is really just emboldening and, you know, helping those people um, become the leaders that they need to be so that the world can get better. And so, and it's all about to me, again, cash flow and financial strength um, yeah. for your company. And, you know, marketing and sales obviously are something you need every single day. But as a CEO, if the piece, you know, people listening to your podcast are, you know, unstoppable CEO types, yeah. it's really about stepping into that like financial scaling model where yeah. you're going to trust that the the, the, the things that you do um, will work. And here's the other thing. A lot of people don't realize to create an eight figure, but especially a nine figure business, which is where I'm, that's my big, that's my moonshot goal. Like for my next wave, my next decade before I retire um, is you have to learn how to acquire companies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you want to move like really leap from eight to nine, you have to acquire like-minded companies and go into partnership and that stretches us, right? Um, mm -hmm. But that's how big companies are made. Like the Ubers, the Disney's, the, the Tesla's, the any Apple, they all started where we started, Kelly, in a garage, across a kitchen table or in a cafe with a dream, right? And um, they got big because they decided to acquire intellectual property and technology. And so get really smart about who are the other partners that see that bigger vision 
that you yeah. can then merge resources and systemize and get better at, at things. So that's where our company is going. And that's where I think if you're a seven figure company right now, that's where you want to start thinking about It's like how, if you want that, if you want an eight figure or nine figure business, that's what you need to be thinking about. Some of you listening, you're great at seven and that's perfect too. I love that. I love people who know, Hey, I don't want to complicate my life further, but that's the key is just knowing what you want versus thinking you need to have it because somebody else has it. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think I, I know one of the things, and, and I, I want to say this on the show because I want people to hear it again. And I've said it on the show before, but it's, it's so important when you go through, like we just led through a pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, the last time when we had, you know, the crash in 2008, 2009, I was leading in a Fortune 500. I was in corporate still. And, you know, I said to my team when the pandemic had, I was like, damn, I'm glad I was leading through the last crash that happened because it's the only way that I now feel equipped to lead through this. And I said to my team, okay, we said we've, we've you know, we've, we've worked our way through a pandemic. We've worked our way through, you know, a, a little mini collapse here. Um, but I think it is important, you know, as we look at, you know, we're three quarters of the way through 2020. And I think for all the business leaders listening and for everybody that, that's tuning into the show, looking back on what you just led through and looking mm -hmm. back on the leader that you are now versus the leader that you were at this time last year and actually quantifying what you learned because that's really a lot of what you're saying here jennifer is like you learn through all of those scenarios and then it equipped you and then you use those things as you were leading here. And I think, you know, the economy works in cycles. So if you're going to be running a business, you're going to see the ups and the downs, you know, probably every 10 years. Right. Um, so now it's like, okay, you led through this, you know, what did you learn? How can you apply it? Where do, where do you use it going next? And I think what you're saying about acquiring companies is just another thing. It's like, these are all tools to put in your tool belt. For me, I'm fascinated with the experience of learning, through leading through what we just led through and learning through leading through, you know, building a team through, you know, a, a, a decline. And I think what you're expressing here is, you know, getting excited about the process of acquiring those new skills as an entrepreneur to lead through yet another tier of you can go at it alone or you can go at it, right? It's like you can stair step, right? Or you can leap and you're mm. describing, you know, those quantum leaps. I think you hit it right on the, you hit the nail right on the head there. It's exactly right. And also you're building now new approachability and authority stories as you learn to lead and lead to learn, you know, both, both sides. And I always say, you know, it's so important to fail fast because failing slow really sucks, you know, and um, the faster you fail, the faster you learn how to adapt, especially as an unstoppable entrepreneur, as your community is Kelly, because if you look back and you really look at like how the ingredients of unstoppable entrepreneurs, I think that's one of the big ones is that even though failing doesn't feel good, failing is a tool. It's data. It's information. You know, uh, Damon John says, I don't fail. I get data. That's what he says, um, you know, in his book, um, you know, the power of broke uh, in his book, the power of broke, he talks about, I don't fail. I get data. And that's the attitude and the mindset. You know, obviously you want to take intentional risk. You want to be thoughtful about the things that you're doing, but you don't want to be stuck in the analysis paralysis or the lone ranger syndrome that so many of us have had to 
uh, shift out of or continue or learning how to shift out of as we grow um, and, and trusting even team and other people to help us um, get there as well. For sure. For sure. No, and it is. And, and I think, you know, for everybody listening, you feel like you're taking risks, like at the level that you're at now, but it's like, what would that look like, you know, 10 levels higher? And I think, you know, and I know there's been studies on this and I know, you know, there's different people that talk about like the 10X principle, but actually like that has been, you know, really studied. And when you try to solve a problem, 10 levels above where you currently are, you actually have a greater possibility of achieving it. And you're, you're more likely to actually grow faster and succeed more quickly. Because if you're only focused on just that one little, you know, I invested a thousand dollars in Facebook's last month. Let me go to 1500 this month, right? You're going to learn and you're going to grow at that speed. But if you say, well, what would it look like, you know, to leap? then that puts you in a whole new realm. So I, I think you're bringing up so many just interesting, you know, food for thought moments for people to really uh, self-assess, you know, be a little self, self-aware and, and look at where the opportunities for growth are. And, you know, I really appreciate just the, the wisdom that you come at it from, from all of the different angles of, of what you've done and, and what your experiences have been, not just doing it yourself, but leading others through it as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's that next level, next devil conundrum, right? I call it. It's the next level, next devil conundrum. You know, you, you hit one level and then uh, some, to some people, it would be a Pandora's box of, oh my God. And to some of us, it's like, okay, there's a few of those like crunchy, uh, spicy things that I'm going to have to navigate through. And, and some of it's not going to feel great, but I'm grateful for it. And, and that's, the, I think, the difference between unstoppable people and people who are stuck you know, um, truly, I think that's the simple, they understand that the next, when they say the devil's in the details, I say that the devil's in the next level, you know, um, really. So don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in what the details are right now. I love it. I love it. Such good advice. So, um, let's talk to everybody just a little bit about like where to come hang out with you, kind of where to connect, where to, where to keep the conversation going. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I love Instagram and LinkedIn. So if you're on either platform, please come follow me at jennifer.chem on Instagram. And then on LinkedIn, you should be able to just find me there at Jennifer Chem. Uh, and I also have a free gift if it's okay to share it with your audience. For sure. So one of the things is because I am both a brand futurist, but also a brand psychologist, my background is in psychology and I just happened to become somebody who got really interested in marketing and human behavior because of it. I'm so obsessed with why people make decisions, you know, and when you introduced me, Kelly, I really appreciate that you observe that part of the way that I show up is I just am totally, first of all, I want to just share whatever I know because I figure it's not for me to keep. But the second yeah. part of it is I'm actually really always interested in sharing the observations I have about the world. And I think it's because, I think because people don't have the confidence fully in expressing themselves. Um, yeah. I created a diagnostic tool to help you dive into what really motivates you to show up. And it's called the brand archetype influence mix. So it's okay. called the AIM, A-I-M. And so I want to give it to all of your, all of your listeners. It's actually, if you come to my site, uh, you have to pay $250 for it. But for you, I want to make sure that you guys get the full reports that help you uh, take the diagnostic. So you can go to masterbrand.me, make sure it's .me, not .com. So masterbrand.me forward slash unstoppable. And then uh, just let me know on Instagram or LinkedIn how uh, the test worked out for you. And it's not some floozy 
entertainment only quiz or something. It's actual psychological diagnostic of what motivates you um, to show up for your brand. That is really, really cool. So interesting. And next time you come on, I want to talk about the psychology piece of it. Oh, yes. Talk about that today, but that's fascinating. I love that. So we'll, we'll have another conversation. We'll bring you back for that. I can't wait. Awesome. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for the amazing work that you're doing in the world. And uh, really appreciate just being able to have like a great dialogue here today. So thanks for Yeah, coming. thank you. You're so great at this conversation. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you back here next week on the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. Thanks, everybody. Clients are bombarding us, asking us about products we recommend and what companies that we absolutely love. And while we are building out a custom app, we have all of our housing and training modules in Kajabi and we absolutely love it. If you're looking for a simple way to store your membership training, your courses, your programs, this is your one-stop solution. You can use it as an email service provider, landing pages, and basically anything else you could possibly need to build your business online. If you're interested in giving it a try, you can grab a free trial by visiting unstoppableentrepreneur.com forward slash Kajabi.